information is free. The law. There is hope. Mummy says don't play with fire. Oh, oh, oh my God. That's hot. But Mummy says it's okay to play everything. Cool. If you don't like them, I'm sure your sister will. Hey, babe, you want to go out? So last night I, I wrote my script and... Um, you know, I always do that Thursday nights, uh, Thursdays during the day, getting everything ready. And I'm like, yeah, this is a show recorded in the morning, Friday morning, and then get it all ready and then have it sent out and that sort of thing. So, yeah, did all that. And I was ready and I was like, yeah, we're going to do this. And um, Screaming Headlight comes out from the Valaya Chronicle in which uh, the prosecutor general, uh, Johannes uh, Tomana, comes out and he says that, uh, well, you know, 12 year old. Uh, should be able to consent to having sex and and well i thought it was a joke <laughs> i thought well it's not possible it's like you know sometimes you think the media sometimes does a turnaround then i read the read the interview in the chronicle i'll just take excerpts of it it started off quite well it says if you look at it we don't have a framework for example which can guarantee that all our children are usefully engaged before they actually get to above 18 years we don't have that. So that sounds fine and says, hey, we should be working out to make sure that people are sorted. So it says, let's have a holistic solution and so forth. And then when he starts talking about 12 and 13 year olds who are not in school and so forth, who are not doing anything, for example, what are you saying to them? You say you can't even do this, like have sex when the environment is not given the alternative engagements. What are we talking about? Which still sounds fine. But then he says, but simply say no such conduct for any girl, say, say below the age of 16. I think we've, we've not asked ourselves what we're saying about the girl who would rather prefer to lead their life in the direction of, direction of getting married. Should they just sit there and wait until they get about 21 doing nothing? Is that what, you, what you're saying? You don't have, to say, you don't have uh, anything to say that will be, that give, keep them engaged? Okay, so far, say, okay, some people want to get married. Okay, it hasn't gotten bad. So see if, for example, we're able to marry off a child at 15 and she's married. Are you saying that we should not happen even where, for example, there's nothing else that the girl could be doing? Is that what you're saying? So just because a girl's got nothing better to do, you're saying girls should marry it off. And say so it gave examples of the fact that there's some girls who come from poor backgrounds. And yeah. And also, uh, you know, it said it was not practical to jail adults who have sex with consenting 12-year-olds. It says children who uh, would suffer with no one to look after them while their abusers were incarcerated. That's the part that really got to me. Because you really think about it, a 12-year-old doesn't just wake up and want to have sex, okay? Uh, if they come from an environment that is not protective, you're not talking about people that also come from poor, poor backgrounds. It's been proven that people who come from poor backgrounds, you know, will tend to be abused more. What's going to happen? There's going to be some predator who's going to coach them, who's going to get these ideas in the world. They don't, and for months, they can have this relentless, uh, you know, seduction from this sick, twisted older person and finally ends up having sex and she believes it is her choice. But she understands all the, the consequences. And this, for me, this is the sad thing. You know what's good? In, in a serious country, he'd have to resign by the morning. Because a lot of what he's saying is irresponsible and it pretty much gives a green light to sick, twisted pedophiles that are out there. I have a 10-year-old younger sister. And you're saying that we should give, bring her into a world that, that, you know, bring her up in a world that says it's okay for her to be 
do it for some guy to get her into a position where she ends up having sex with him because she's 12 years old and she's she's able to consent. You know, we're not a serious country. It's just ridiculous. I mean, to be to be honest, I mean, who says that? And someone's going to end up PR and they saying the PRing this stuff and saying, you know, uh, it's it's his personal view or whatever. But but uh, I don't know. You just it's very disappointing. Very disappointing. And just to call it like it is, we're not serious. As a country, we're ridiculous. So, my name is Larry, and you're listening to the Quiddycast. And, uh, well, so anyway, um, I'm going to talk about the news uh, this, that happened this week. This week, I'm just going to avoid the whole relationship thing. On the other side of the bumper, we're going to talk about uh, should uh, celebrities from Zimbabwe be seen as role models. I've got Untitled in the streets. She came in and, and went and talked to people. So, first of all, um, that massacre in Charleston uh, at that church. Turns out that guy, um, Dylan Roof, was the guy who killed uh, nine people at the Emmanuel AME Church. Now, this is a this is a church that historically is known uh, for being part of the civil rights movement in the United States of America and all that other stuff. It's where uh, black people went to hide if when they wanted to to get refuge when you know when the racist system was in place and and the white supremacists came out essentially and by white supremacists i'm talking about the media and early on they were saying that oh gosh this is hate crime and essentially it's as uh down to people who are who just lost just one person individuals just lost uh, their mind and that sort of thing meanwhile you know, if that was a black person who had done that, what would it be called? It would be, be called a, a terrorist attack, especially if that person was Muslim and that sort of thing. And all sorts of things would be talked about. And this Now they, they're writing, you know, articles about him being soft-spoken and, yeah, and all that yada yada stuff and sanitizing his bullshit. Yeah, that's what's happened. And meanwhile, he's a terrorist, a person who was, who was pictured in what was, he had a picture on his Facebook where he was wearing a jacket that had a flag of Rhodesia as well as, as a flag of apartheid South Africa. So, yeah. Yeah. Rubbish. Any, what else happened this past week? Uh, urban toll gates are supposed to become a thing. The Minister of, uh, Transport and Urban Development, what's his name, Dr. Albert Mpofu, came out and said, well, there's no going back on this, which means, uh, which pretty much in the government speak or in non-government speak. And as far as Zimbabwe is concerned, we're going to do whatever we like. We don't care what you think. So they're going to be toll gates. And when you really think about it, government government vehicles don't actually pay toll gates, which essentially means that this doesn't really bother them. So the tab for developing the country is going to be picked up by the poorest people. That's what's going to happen. Yeah, sad. Not to say he's a horrible minister, but this is just a bad idea for this country, given the fact that most of the things that we need to do are in urban centers. So while it's fine to, to decrease congestions in other countries, as in European countries, we can't compare ourselves to European countries. Why? Because we just don't have the uh, sophisticated systems that allow us to be able to deal with things of this matter, of this, of this sort, not matter. Then, uh, yeah, what else happened this past week? Oh, the football thing. Callisto Pasua's team uh, called out a team, and two days after calling out, still had no trading session because they had no money and that sort of thing. There were no guarantees from Zifa. And, yeah, 
just the whole cycle of things. And my guy has come in and stepped in and sorted it out and whatever. I don't know. It's just, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's just weird. And then on in a totally emotional thing, Game of Thrones finished this past week. And if you don't know, spoiler alert, Jon Snow dies. So does Stannis Baratheon and all that and stuff. And people get emotional about this. It's like such on such a weird level. They get really, 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 really emotional about this. And they catch feelings. And it's like weird. I'm just like, wow. And you'd think it was a family bereavement or whatever it is. But yeah. Yeah, it's done. So we're going to wait for another, what is it, another nine months? Yeah. So, oh gosh, but you should have seen my t- timeline. It was like sort of weird. So anyway, on the other side, our celebrities are role models. And uh, I'll be talking about that Tito Mboweni versus uh, Jonathan Moyer Spat, as well as Mudiwa versus Stana. So if you want st- on Twitter this past week, you'd have realized there were two Twitter wars that took place. First of all, let's talk about Tito Mboweni, uh, the former Reserve Bank governor of South Africa. He had a fight with uh, Jonathan Moyer on Twitter. They called each other names, charlatans, Uncle Toms, and so forth, and irritating and uh, all that other stuff. And then you have people from Zimbabwe, most notably guys like Sir Knight, saying, oh, oh, you know, Jonathan Moyer, don't speak like that because you're my minister and so forth, and on social media and all that other stuff. And Jonathan Moyer is coming out and saying, wait, uh, ultimately, you know, I'm defending the country against people who say all sorts of things and that sort of thing. And the, I can understand both sides. The moderate saying, no, I, we need a role model in a minister and so forth and somebody who we can proudly defend and that sort of thing. And my views on Twitter is like, I, I don't, I, when, when Jonathan Moyer speaks on Twitter, I feel like Jonathan Moyer is speaking on Twitter as Jonathan Moyer. And when he represents his party, he says, I'm representing my party and that sort of thing. And I, and you know, Social media etiquette is like so weird for me. It's like, I think the idea that if you're a brand, you're supposed to behave in a certain way and you can't do this, can't do that, makes people so false and so two-faced on Twitter. Well, as, as I'll say, I, there, is a, there is a room for, 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 you know, sometimes sanitizing some of the things you say and just because of public decency so, so and that sort of thing, you know, swearing and that sort of thing. Although, of course, guys like Joe Black will tell you that, you know, whatever, um, I'm going to say whatever I want to say because it is my uh, version of the truth and I'm just going to live by it. And, so, yeah, and one of his most famous statements that I, that I quite agree with him is that if you're going to say some bullshit, defend your bullshit. Okay, so just just that. But I don't know. It's just like weird. So is he a role model? I don't know. I, I'm not looking at him to be a role model. And then the, then the other side of it all, there was Mudiwa and Stana, who uh, Mudiwa accused Stana of stealing a song. And they had a back and forth. And some people are saying, oh, you guys should not be doing this. You should be talking to each other side by side and so forth. But I think the other side of it all is that I think when Mudiwa decided to drop his um, his uh, what his screen grabs of his of his conversation with Stella, it, it was him saying it in his own words, and if he messes it up, he's falling on his own sword. And again, the same question becomes: Should Stana and Mudiwa be uh, role models because they're you know celebrated people in our country? And this is a question that Untitled went and asked people on the streets, and this is what they had to say. Hey, it's Untitled on the Currycast in the streets again. I think I'm loving this whole streets thing. Anyway, um, I'm going to be asking a couple of people, Kuti, should Zimbabwean celebrities be role models? Should Zimbabwean celebrities be role models? Yes, but there are no celebrities in Zimbabwe. Okay, should they be role models? 
first of all, you need to define what a celebrity is. We've got our celebrities in Zimbabwe. Most <laughs> Who? Name two only. Two only celebrities. Number one or two. Okay, let's say if we had celebrities, do you think they should be role models? <laughs> yeah. If there were celebrities, maybe they should be more role models. But in Zimbabwe, there are a couple of uh, idiots who call themselves celebrities. <laughs> okay, we're not going to mention any names on the career cast. I'm, sorry, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm just a role. I'm just a layman in the in the street, and I call myself a celebrity. <laughs> so maybe I should be a role model as well. <laughs> should Zimbabwean celebrities be role models? Uh, like role models for. For oh, people around, everyone. People around the world or the country or... What are you saying? In general, like... role models for anyone who knows them and people who listen to their music or... Uh, no. Art. No. Mm. Why? Because some of them, they, they, they live a lie. That's what one thing that I, I found out about them. Totally different from that. So I don't. So they shouldn't be role models. Yes. Okay, awesome. Should Zimbabwean celebrities be role models? I don't. I don't think so because I don't think they've reached that point where they can be called celebrities. They had. They haven't reached that point yet. I don't think they're at the top yet. Now, should Zimbabwean celebrities be role models? No, because they do not give out a good vibe in terms of uh, behavior. Yeah. Some of them, it depends on who you look at as a celebrity. Yeah. Yeah, shout out to you, Untitled, for going out on the streets and talking to random people. And as you can see, the most people are like, oh, no, there's no real role models in this country. And a lot of people say yes. I mean, some people, one person actually said yes, uh, but influence is an issue. But ultimately, I think, uh, I don't know. It's it's really, it's a really weird thing, uh, the, the, the separation of duties between being honest and being a role model and... You know, um, I think to a large extent, uh, I just to give you an example of something that happened in the United Kingdom. There were these kids, there was this uh, football player who was, a picture of him was taken while he was in Ibiza or Cyprus or whatever it is. And he had passed out from drinking. And it's just a young kid. And it just so happens that there was somebody who just took a picture. So it's just no longer safe for someone who's in a public position to just live a normal life anymore, which is one of the sacrifices you make. And therefore, from that perspective, if you want to maintain a certain rapport with a certain crowd that tends to judge you a lot, a lot more than others, like what a Zimbabwean crowd is like, perhaps you need to watch yourself in public and then suddenly so tend not to do certain things. And you could lose deals basically because of somebody's prejudice, not necessarily because of you not be having a right to behave in a certain way that you should. And you have a right to behave that way. Don't get me wrong, but there are consequences that come with or, and responsibilities that come with having that prominent position. So should celebrities be so role models? In principle, no. But should people who want to make money watch how they should, uh, you know, uh, handle their business so that they don't lose their money? Absolutely. So is this just simply a good 
business decision not to do messed up things. Unless, of course, you live in a liberal country where they, you know, go and fund messed up people. Uh, even in in that context, you find that there's a lot of guys who lose, uh, you know, endorsements uh, from certain uh, parties. Like you look at Tiger Woods and suddenly his stuff came out. And that's a completely different story. But I'm just saying when his stuff came out, it started losing endorsements. So it's just kind of like a weird thing. So uh, I don't know. It's it's... It's essentially a choice that you have to make as an individual and decide whether you're going to live with it. And with that, I say thank you very much for joining me on this week's Criticast. Next week, the usual stories will be back. I was just really touched about that 12-year-old story. And yes, I think that our prosecutor general needs to get his act in order. And, you know, there's certain things he shouldn't say in public, even if he thinks them. Or at least we know he said it, so we know what he thinks and so forth. And you might say our interpretation is wrong, but... When you say certain things, it sanctions certain types of behaviors. You know, that's what the story is. That's the, 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 that's the, the reality. And for those people out there, just, just a reminder, he's not saying the law is going to change. It's that the interpretation of the law is what he's okay with. With certain judges and magistrates not giving uh, tough, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, tough um, sentences to pedophiles. And so anyway, thank you very much for joining me. Uh, join me again next week or join me on ZFM between 6.30 and 7 p.m. every week on the switch. And uh, with my present, co-presenter, Kundaichi Anikad, it's powered by the movement. And meanwhile, get in touch with me via email, info at com, Or if you get in touch with me via my website, com, Or as well, you can get me on my um, Twitter at Quidirai. Yeah. It's been Larry. It's been the Criticals. Take care of yourself. If you don't like them, I'm sure your sister will. Hey, babe, you want to go out?